Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and look at this team that I've got for a Wednesday PGA Championship live chat. I'm sure there will be weather questions. I'm sure there will be wind questions. I'm sure there will be first-round leader questions. We'll get to all of them, so make sure you comment in the chat. Tell us what you got. Ask your questions, and we'll rock and roll through this to the best of our ability. Some familiar faces. Greg Ducharme is here rocking the Titleist cap. Very good choice. Welcome in, Greg. Thank you. Uh, very happy to be here. Uh, I'm, I'm really excited for this event. I think there's so much speculation on the, the golf course and the weather, and it's going to be really fun to break it all down. I know I've had a blast trying to decipher everything, everything we have going on. Wild speculation is the name of the game this week. Sia Najad is here. Sia, good to see you. Weather? What weather? Am I am I behind? Is there some wind or something? Honestly, I'm not. You probably don't even have to worry about it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Great. <laughs> Andy Lack is here. Andy, uh, every time we try to guess the weather correctly, seems to backfire. Maybe we should just ignore that entire conversation. You know, this Wednesday has all the fantastic makings of everything you want the day before a major championship. You've got the Hideki cannonball thrown into the mix. You've got now people are saying, are they going to delay the tournament on Friday or Saturday morning? Um, it's fun. And I'm excited to break it all down with this uh, wonderful room of people here with me. I'm pretty sure this is the time of the week, especially during a major championship. You just plug your ears and that is the most successful strategy that you can actually deploy. Patrick McDonald making his first cut podcast debut patrick my guy couple weeks in <laughs> with cbs sports first off welcome to the team we're excited to have you thank you yeah and you know i was saying behind the screen uh i feel like rory 19 at port rush a little uh first tee nerves here uh but you know we'll we'll ride the ship and uh, happy to join you guys Awesome. Love it. Well, we will not, uh, we'll not, we won't kick you out halfway through the podcast. So you're already better than Rory, uh, guaranteed four rounds on this show, but gentlemen, let's, uh, let's jump into this. I see the questions are coming in. We'll grab some of those in just a minute, but let's, let's just do the weather thing. Okay. So, so likely, uh, wind is going to be the big storyline, Greg. I know that you've always got your finger on the pulse of everything that's going on. It's really only actionable if the wind is going to be different for some guys uh, and not for others. Otherwise, I don't really care. What do you see on this Wednesday afternoon? Well, it, it seems like you're going to get a little bit of a on, on Thursday morning. You'll have maybe some softer winds, but not for a very long time. I mean, they get up they get up near 15 miles an hour pretty early on in the day, at least at least 10. And and then. At like six o'clock, they get up to maybe 17 miles an hour. So is there a huge difference between 12 mile an hour winds that the morning guys are going to face 17 mile an hour winds as guys are starting to finish their rounds? 
I, I don't think it's a huge difference. But what we have seen, what we saw at Augusta National was after, say, five o'clock at night, the winds really calmed down. And, and so the leaders, I'm thinking of Scotty Scheffler on Saturday when he was finishing that round, the winds really laid down. Uh, it doesn't seem like we're going to get that this week. So uh, maybe the afternoon plays a little bit more challenging, but I, I don't think it's a huge difference. And then when you get into Friday, you're kind of right off the rip. You're looking at 20 mile an hour winds Friday morning. So perhaps a slight advantage, a slight edge to the guys that are going off Thursday uh, the, the guys going off Thursday morning because they'll get a little reprieve maybe for the first nine. Um, but then after that, it seems like it's going to be, uh, you know, aside from any delays, it's going to be a pretty steady, pretty steady south wind. Is it worth taking action on, Andy, or are we just uh, staying pat? Do we need to start stacking waves? Uh, I think so, but I always say I'm not a meteorologist or a financial advisor and i'm that's okay you can just act you can just act like one on this show it doesn't matter <laughs> well people think people ask me what to do and i like what's important for people to consider is risk tolerance here right you have to ask yourself the question about what you're playing for right are you comfortable being wrong are you comfortable losing all your money in one week in pursuit of a small edge I tend to play pretty aggressively. So if I see that there is going to be a potential edge or a potential advantage, I'm going to take it. I'm also comfortable being wrong, right? I'm also comfortable whiffing. Um, so I agree with Greg. I thought Greg did a pretty good job of breaking it down. I do see an advantage for the guys that are going off on Thursday morning um, and are playing Friday afternoon as well. I don't know if I would put every single one of my eggs into that basket. I've been texting with a couple caddies all week and a couple guys that are on the grounds today and the running joke in Oklahoma is that like predicting the weather the day before is an absolute fool's errand so yes I see an advantage right now but I would also consider the fact that this could get flipped on its head when you start combining what we think the weather might do Patrick and what we've seen of the golf course this week as we are getting Plenty of footage, plenty of action, plenty of tweets, all that fun stuff. Has it changed the way that you thought Southern Hills was going to play this week? Not really, right? I think everyone kind of thinks this place is going to play pretty tough winning score. I've seen over-unders around like 270.5, something like that. And yeah, I think I'm in agreement with Greg and Andy, what they've said so far. Uh, and Shane Lowry in his press conference are like, yeah, I mean, these conditions, your name at the top, it should be you. He's like, yeah, I feel like I've already run, won this tournament, you know, jokingly <laughs> saying that. But it, it's going to be a guy who has the complete package, right? He has to be phenomenal tee to green, and he has to make those 8 to 10-foot par saves when uh, they're re required. So it hasn't really changed too much what I'm thinking. I'm trying to look for winning score props here. See, uh, okay, this one from – a website that doesn't exist, uh, 275 and a half. So that would be what? So 280 is par. So that would be four and a half under par, right? Am I doing the math correctly there? So what, what side of, uh, 275 and a half would you like in terms of the winning score, right? That is correct. Yeah, so I would probably take, and it's that's weird with those numbers in terms of taking the over the under. I think the score so is you would take to, you would take it's either going to be five under or better, right. or you would take it would be four under or worse. 
I think it'll end up being five under or better. I mean, you always have with even these tough tracks and in tough conditions, you always have a couple of outliers that end up, you know, winning uh, the tournament. So I think you'll probably, like, in my opinion, I think the winning score is probably right around that. But but I could absolutely see one or two guys in that like minus six, minus seven type score, especially if there are a couple of days where the wind calms down. And I, I do want to say from a stacking standpoint, especially if we're talking about DFS, uh, I I am not usually super aggressive when it comes to stacks. I do think there's more of a distinct wind advantage tomorrow and Friday uh, versus other tournaments. So I will be doing mostly Thursday a.m., Friday p.m. stacks. I just wanted to put that out there. The under 275 and a half, so five under or better, uh, is the favorite, minus 140. Could I interest any of you in the other side of that? I could offer you plus one fifteen if you want the carnage side. Going, once. I don't think I don't think so. <laughs> I'm with Sia only because if you look at Sunday, if Sunday was as bad as the other couple of days, I would say yes, I'm interested. But Sunday is the day where it looks like it's supposed to calm down a little bit. Yeah, and, and that was my uh, initial thought as well. Like when. Yeah, I did a little Monday weather report, which is not really a very good idea. And it looked like the winds were going to be five to 10 miles an hour, 70 to 73 degrees um, and nice and sun, like a perfect day for scoring. But I'm seeing now today uh, a south wind again at 15 miles an hour uh, and and much, much hotter. Uh, I'm also seeing so it's changed in today's Wednesday in just two days. It also it looks like Saturday is not going to be as cool. I expected Saturday to get into, you know, we we're going to have that wind flip to the north and it was going to get really cool. And now it's now it's saying a south wind again at 14 miles an hour and 88 degrees again. So it, it feels like it's changing. What's it going to say on Thursday? Uh, what's it going to say on Friday about the weekend? So I think it's very hard to predict that winning score at this point. Um, because uh, it, because it's changed so dramatically initially, it's almost like an entire weather front that was going to move through is is not going to move through now. Okay, I think I'm done playing meteorologist uh, for for this show. Keep the questions coming. We'll get to them here in just one second, but we'll cover the Hideki Matsuyama stuff that Andy alluded to at the top. So uh, this is via tracking Hideki on Twitter, and it's referenced a in a. Uh, Yahoo Japan article that if you use Google Translate, Patrick, you can get some interesting information here. So it seems as if Hideki has developed pain in the neck again. He says, and don't quote me on the translation here, but the article says, the quote is, I'm not in bad condition, but my neck hurts again. I'm planning to go around and play 18 tomorrow. He's referring to today, Wednesday, but I will decide in the morning. Haven't heard anything since. Hideki has not always been, Patrick, a very reliable narrator of his own talent. Remember when he was a one out of 10 before winning a golf tournament? I mean, is this plug your ears and move on or should I actually care about this? Yeah, I think I'd be more concerned if I didn't hear anything about Hideki's neck, to be honest (laughs) with you. And I mean, he was on the golf course this morning. Uh, You saw like Getty images roll in with uh, a few shots of Hideki on the course. So I'm not too concerned. It's a different part of the neck, right? It's the shoulder blade. 
Uh, so yeah, plug your ears. I think he'll be fine. He's got the good uh, stack. He's in the AM PM wave and I'm heavily invested in him. So I'm a little biased there, but yeah, I, I like Hideki and I think he'll be okay. <laughs> Uh, I too am heavily invested in Hideki Matsuyama, so not not the uh, the tweet that I wanted to wake up to on a Wednesday morning. Andy, you brought this uh, up at the top of the show. Uh, are are you pressing the panic button? What's your level of concern here? I'm with Patrick. I'm curious to see if he gets. Um, I'm curious to see. I know with the Japanese media, I think he has more obligations with them. I think he's already done. I'm not sure if he's already done a, a regular American press conference, but I think he is supposed to speak with Japanese media again later this afternoon. I'm not sure on that. I'm going to have to ask around a little bit. You know, the first thing that I thought about was the Zozo 2, Rick, where he he talked about how his game was a 1 out of 10, and then he went on to win the tournament. The only difference between this that scares me a little bit is I think at the Zozo, it was talking, he was referring to the fact that he's just not playing good golf right now. Whereas this is more of a, an injury thing. As it stands now, um, I'm with Patrick. I've got my fair share of Hideki uh, exposure myself, but I'm going to try and monitor the situation the best I can this afternoon. Always fun to be uh, monitoring the pressers on a Wednesday afternoon of a major championship, but that's what we will do. Gentlemen, uh, on the other side, I want to get to our uh, some of our favorite bets. I want to start going through the props. I'll answer some of these questions coming in in the chat right now, but first we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. And we're back. Don't forget, today is your last chance to lock in your PGA Championship Fantasy roster, create your all-star lineup and custom groups to challenge your friends and family and compete to win the grand prize. You can play now at PGAChampionship.com slash fantasy. Let me run through a couple of these questions here. And Greg, I feel like this one's right up your alley from Garrett. It says, is there any advantage to the players when the wind is in the same direction all week? Now, I would argue, Greg, that it appears, if you want to dive into wind Finder. Uh, it's going to be that southerly wind Thursday, Friday, Saturday. But as of right now, Sunday, it looks like it flips around. And now we're getting it from the north. Uh, any thoughts, concerns, or is this a nothing burger? Um, well, I, do, I don't think there's anything that affects your strategy, right? I don't, but I do think in general for the players, if they play the same golf course four days in a row, uh, that helps. Uh, it, it helps, but it helps everybody in the field. Um, unless there's one particular hole that you just can't get by and you don't get any reprieve from the wind. Uh, I, it does appear like a south wind helps the golf course in general. I mean, those really long par fives play at, at least a slight help um, at, a, at a port. They're, they're slight dog legs, so you do get a little bit of um, an angle of the wind on at least one shot, but it's not hurting on those holes, so they become reachable. Um, and then uh, how did the other holes play? I, I think um, 18 starts to play a little more into the wind, which will be a tougher hole. But uh, all in all, playing the same wins for all four days is is definitely a help. If you have not clicked around WindFinder, it's unbelievable. Uh, it shows you the direction. Every single hole at Southern Hills is labeled with its number. It, it is like God's gift to golf weather nerds so always always fun go spend some time over there uh how about this one patrick mike cusano asks is jason day being overlooked as a dfs play thoughts on j day 
Mike, Mike, Mike. Uh, yeah, I guess you could see it, right? He kind of shows up for the PGA Championship every now and then. Uh, won it at Whistling Straits, obviously. And I think uh, I heard someone talk about it was Mark Immelman actually on on this show uh, about Jason Day Saturday at uh, TPC Potomac, kind of not dealing with you know kind of the nerves and everything that went about with uh, his mother passing and everything that Saturday. So. I think he could be in for a you know sneaky decent week, maybe you know hover around like the top thirty ish. Uh, so DFS wise, I think I think he makes a decent play. I have his projected ownership coming in around five ish percent for this week for J Day, so that might tickle your fancy. Okay, see ya, Shane Lowry or Joaquin Neiman. Uh, let's just assume this is for the Millie Maker. Well, I mean, I, I'm not looking at ownership right at the moment, but Lowry's probably going to carry a little bit more ownership than Yeah, I can than tell Neiman. you here. So oh, Lowry, yeah. uh, Lowry's at like 19-ish, Neiman at like 14 or so. I mean, it's really hard to get away from Lowry, but at the same time, I'm not sure I want to play many guys that are, you know, 19 and above, 20 and above. So if you're talking about the Millie maker, it's got to be Joaquin Neiman. If you're talking about a smaller entry tournament like, uh, you know, uh, the 200 SC, I think you could probably flirt with a higher owned guy. But yeah, Millie maker, we're going we're going the lower guy. He, he has similar upside at the very least. So give me Neiman at 14 percent. Uh, let's bounce over to Cameron LaFontaine. And uh, Andy, you seem to have more Patrick Reed takes than the normal person. So this one's for you here. Uh, it just says, someone please tell me not to bet Patrick Reed top 20 at plus 450. How do you like that prop? I don't know how I got that title, uh, but, but I'll take it. You know, multiple hours a week. It's I feel like you, you definitely have more retakes than I do. I am a sucker for Patrick Reed, especially on hard golf courses. You know, I was concerned about um, the backlash from a potential tee time disadvantage that Reed would have got, but it, it appears that we are on the quote unquote right side of the draw, which may um, which may suspend us from having some fun used golf facts content later this week. But I like Patrick Reed this week. I mean, I think that he has his he still has one of the best short games in the world. I think that uh, his ownership is going to be still very low. In DraftKings, the price has caught up to his poor play. So, you know, now you're not really paying up for him or paying much of a price at all. So, yeah, I think if you want to take a take a shot on him top 20 at plus 450, I, I certainly like that. You know, he's matched the matchup that they have him uh, against this week. I don't know if you guys have saw this is against Tiger. I'm kind of curious what side of that you guys would take. All right, let's go around. Greg, Tiger or Patrick Reed? Uh I mean, how, how do you bet again? The general rule is you don't bet against Tiger Woods. So any any prop that has or any matchup that has Tiger in it, I usually just avoid entirely. Um, but you don't get that luxury here. Th- no, <laughs> I, I think I think I would actually go Patrick Reed, who I'm very down on in general. I don't think he has his golf swing figured out. But if I'm looking for a silver lining and I'm trying to make a case for Patrick Reed, it, it has everything to do with the weather, um, more so even than hard golf courses. You look at his best finishes of the year. Sadly, one of them is a tied 26, but it's at the Players' Championship where the weather was not great. You look at uh, what he did in Bermuda in the wind. He comes in tied second. Um, and that's really all there is to that's really all there is to go on this year. But wind has a way of uh, um, wind has a way of changing your 
your approach when you're playing, uh, changing the way you go about doing it. And if you're going through a swing change and you've been working really hard on your swing, I hope Patrick Reed has been doing that. And we've seen some glimmers of better uh, off the tee performance from him. So hopefully he's been working on his swing. But when you get really windy conditions and really bad weather, you kind of go into survival mode and you got to make shots and you got to get a little more creative. And Patrick Reed definitely has that ability. Um, and and I think it actually helps him. So if I'm I'm searching for something here to be a positive for Patrick Reed, it's it's that. And then also, you know, a lot of reports saying short game is going to be important. I think it is. Uh, but you hope you don't have to lean on it too much. But um, but that's definitely in the plus column for Reed as well. Reed has actually gained strokes off the tee in four straight, but none, three of them have been less than a stroke over uh, right. over multiple rounds. See uh, Patrick Reed or the big cat. Yeah, and, and Reed's, of course, losing multiple shots on approach in, in that same time oh, frame. So oh yeah, it ain't pretty. Yeah, that's, that's a problem. But I do respect the short game. I, I think this is one of those things where if both of them make the cut, I think Patrick Reed ends up cruising past Tiger Woods. But if if you think Reed's going to miss the cut, I think Tiger Woods is the better bet. I think they could both miss the cut. So I'm kind of hedging my bet here, but I would I would go with Tiger Woods because I think Reed might miss the cut, and I think Tiger is more likely to make it. Patrick? I, I assume Reed's a pretty decent dog in that one. I haven't seen the line, so well, like see remember? He's he's a favorite. He's like really? he's like minus one thirty. Yeah. Oh, I'd I I take so. Tiger in that. I think it's closer to a coin flip. I'm a Sia. I could see both these guys missing the cut. I know that's not popular to say when it comes to Tiger Woods. Uh, so yeah, give me Tiger and probably better approach play. Andy, Patrick Reed, guys, hundred percent. So, I think Reed's going to finish. I think Reed's going to have a really good week. I'm only missing coach here to like do a bet with me because I, I think Reed's going to have a good week, but I think um, whoever was in the chat threw that out throughout the top 20 at plus four fifty. I probably like that bet more than I just like the matchup with tiger, because I agree. I think that there's a lot of miscut equity there with Reed, but I do think that he is the type of player that will get better as the tournament goes on the question is can you get him to saturday morning whereas tiger's probably the type of player that will get worse as the tournament goes on but he's probably a safer bet to get to saturday morning if that makes sense just a reminder that tiger woods gained uh like three and a half strokes on approach in the first two rounds of the masters that could that could come in handy around around southern hills uh gents let's move on to our our favorite bets of the week this could be anything right there's this is uh, not necessarily like our Super Bowl, like the Masters is, and you get a million options, Greg, but there are props coming out the wazoo, and we'll get to some of them in, in a second here. Uh, you've scoured all the options. Is there one wager that stands out to you more than anything else? Oh, one of all of them. I wrote down a bunch that I really like. You have um, to pick your favorite. I, I think um, my one favorite would probably be uh, Anurban Lahiri at plus one twenty five over <laughs> KH Lee and Tim Fenstra. Yeah, you did. You did, you did scour everything. Yes, good, yeah. good job, Greg. Your mission accomplished. Buddy. Yeah, look, I, I think his um, I, I think he's in kind of underrated form. You got KH Lee coming in off of a win on a golf course that he loves. Other than that, his game hasn't been in great shape, and Lahiri has been in great shape. And you add the three ball in there. 
uh, with with Tim Fenstra, and all of a sudden you get you get a pretty nice number on it. So I really like that. I did have some Hideki ones that I really liked as well that I'm now uh, slightly nervous about. It, the injury stuff just it makes me squirm. I I don't like potential injuries, and my general philosophy is just avoid it at all costs because you usually can. Um, and, and if Hideki has a good week and I back away from him because, um, because he's dealing with a potential injury, I'm, I'm okay with being surprised by a good week out of him, but it, it definitely takes my Matsuyama over Xander and fee now at plus one sixty, which was one of my favorites. Um, and it, it makes that not one of my favorites, although I think it's still in play. How much em, empty the clip on Tim Fenstra? I was gonna say, can we talk about this guy <laughs> like, for a have second? You, have you already <laughs> emptied it? Like the fact that he's in the field? Um, uh, he's a uh, PGA professional, correct? Right, member of uh, so he he qualified in Texas, yeah. yeah. Um, and Through. that's pretty yeah. that's pretty much it. So he's a <laughs> member of the 20, the team of 20, yes. And I, I think, I think there are some really interesting options in the uh in the three ball bets where you get a club pro in there and it's just it's very unlikely for them to make the cut but they they do help your case a little bit um so i you you can look at that as a kh lee versus honor bon lahiri bet and i think it's pretty safe to do that Tim Fenstra, 39-year-old from Fall City, Washington, making his first career PGA Championship start. Uh, he was the PGA professional champ in 2007. Look, he could play. There's every oh, all, play. These guys can play. They made it here. It, it's a it's quite a process yeah, for a professional to get us. into the PGA. Yeah, for sure. Wow. All right. See you, Najad. Your favorite bet, and uh, good luck following that up. Yeah, I have some contrarian bets here, but I'll I'll just give you kind of my favorite bet, which seems like a kind of like a chalky thing to take. I've got Spieth minus one twenty over Victor Hovland. Um, you guys know I I think Spieth's going to win this tournament, and I think that number's a little low. It almost seems trappish to some degree. Uh, we know what Hovland's likely shortcomings are, especially around the green. Uh, I think Spieth has the complete game, so minus one twenty seems like a small gift here. There are some pretty hot Victor takes this week. Uh, there's some pretty polarizing opinions about how he's either a going to win or finish dead last. I assume <laughs> they come via the. I assume they come because of the around the green concerns. Is this more of a fade of Victor, or just that you like Speed that much? It's that I like Speed that much, and, and if I'm just sizing them up, you know. Stroke, strokes gain metric by strokes gain metric, and especially coming in with the recent form, um, to me, this should be like minus 140. And again, I acknowledge that it almost seems a little trappish. I mean, it seems like the market uh, or maybe some of the sharps are giving some respect to Victor Hovland for this number not getting out of hand from a matchup standpoint. But again, I think it should be minus 135, minus 140. All right, Spieth over Victor Hovland there for Sia. Patrick, have you found a wager that tickles your fancy? Yeah, I'm going to fade Hovland in a different market. You can find this kind of on, on the black web, the dark web. Uh, so do yes. your research on that. And it's top Scandinavian, Alex Noren, three to one. Uh, Hovland's a pretty good favorite there. He's minus 130. And then you got Henrik Stenson and Hogard as well at five to one. So give me Noren. I like him a lot this week. I think he could uh, you know, potentially be a first round leader here tomorrow too. He's got that early tee time. Uh 
finished the Byron Nelson great. And it's kind of been a, a sneaky good season for him. He played really well at the ballast bar, put together a, a few good starts here so far. So uh, he's great around the green, great putter, and the irons are kind of coming to his aid this year. So three to one in that market I love. Which cryptocurrency do you have to use to put that to put that bet in on the dark? Oh, uh, uh, it's not even out yet. We're still uh, giving out the roadmap. Hopefully not Luna, <laughs> which is now no longer worth anything. Andy, please give the people the best possible wager that you could find this week. I'm going to go with Tommy, the Prince of Shinnecock, the Don of the Hamptons, Fleetwood over Seamus Power, uh, minus one ten. I think it got bet up to. Minus 120. I still like it at minus 120. I think this one's a slam dunk. I, I could see Tommy Fleetwood contending in a serious way on Sunday here. I'm all in on this Shinnecock comp. Um, I remember walking off uh, Southern Hills and saying, I can't remember the last time I've had to hit the types of shots off short grass around the green since I played Shinnecock a couple of years ago. I just, I think there's a lot there when you combine in the swirling winds, of course, Tommy finished runner up there. He's got a great short game. He always gains around the green at the Masters. He just played well at the Masters. Uh, and then you have a guy like Seamus Power, who's quite literally never had a good finish in a non-birdie fest. So this is a this is a pretty big slam dunk, in my opinion. Seamus Power slander. Tommy Ladd for Andy Lack. All good there. Okay, gentlemen, let me run back to some of these questions in the chat here. Sia, you had a uh, Shane Lowry question earlier. Let me just follow it back up because David is seeing that DJ, Dustin Johnson, is even money against Shane Lowry. And David says, that's a no-brainer, right? Um, well, they're both on the same side of the draw. I I don't know that it's a no-brainer. I think DJ is really sneaky from a DFS standpoint, but if we're just talking about matchups, oh, does he like the DJ plus 100 side of that? Is that oh, why he thinks sure. it's a no-brainer? David, David loves oh. the plus 100 side of this. Oh, so I just assumed he thought it was a no-brainer because of Shane Lowry. Um, no, I actually don't think that's a no-brainer at all. If anything, I like the Shane Lowry side of that. I, I I'm not going to take that either way, but I think Lowry is the better end of that right now. Chunk the deuce, uh, Greg says, out of the two guys who burned us last week, who's bouncing back after a missed cut? Sam Burns or William Zalatoris? Ooh, I love William Zalatoris this week. Um, I think William is going to have a great week. <laughs> now, a short game of concern? Possibly. Um, from a statistical standpoint, he doesn't gain around the greens the way you might like. But I know he's a very high spin player. I think in major championships, that goes a long way for him. And his record in majors and on hard golf courses is incredible. I mean, he has 11 top 10 finishes in his career uh, in individual stroke play events. And uh, seven of them have been on golf courses that were in the top 10 for difficulty that year. Uh, and eight of them were top 14. So he and, and he's got four top tens and majors in, in only seven starts. And one of them was a WD. So uh, Will Zalatoris is a, is a, like he says, he's built for majors and his game really, you know, he wasn't highly recruited coming out of college. His college career was good, but he, he was no, um, you know, Jordan Spieth or, or Scotty Scheffler even, or uh, he, he wasn't a, a superstar. And he was marked on the corn Ferry tour by consistency. But when he got to the PGA tour, and the golf courses started to get a little tougher and you started to get more major championship type setups. 
his game shines. So uh, look, it's nothing against Sam Burns. I just I think Will Zalatoris is playing better right now, even though he's coming off a miscut last week. So uh, yeah, give me Willie Z all day there. All right, how about this one, Patrick? Because what I've learned over the years is that everyone has a one and done and everyone has different rules, which is always fascinating. So Natalie's one and done says, uh, this one's actually quite standard. They pick two different golfers for majors. Would you prefer to go with a horse and a sleeper see that's actually confusing because uh, a horse would be i i would assume was a favorite but why why patrick when you add dark in front of it a dark horse <laughs> would that then turn into like a longer shot why, why is that first of all i'm actually uh colorblind so i cannot tell you that but uh <laughs> to go back to greg's point about will z real quick he actually won on this golf course in 2014 the trans mississippi championship people forget who could forget, forget that if we're going to talk about the 2015 big 12 all day we got to you know give some light to the trans mississippi championship uh but to natalie's question a ho- horse sleeper or two horses uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm a little confused at that just in general. Uh, I, I like, uh, honestly, with, I know Greg said he doesn't, uh, you know, mess with injuries. I, I kind of go towards them. I gravitate them like a moth to a light almost. And <laughs> I think if people are afraid of Hideki this week, I think that could be kind of a good play. Uh, he probably won't garner too much ownership. People are going to want to go with the big dogs like Scotty and Rom. Uh, and I love, Dustin Johnson this week. I absolutely love him. Uh, he's experienced a ton of drift betting wise. I've seen him down to 35 to one. Uh, and Andy said Shinnecock Hills, he was right there. Uh, he was great around the greens at Augusta. And I think his year is kind of, you know, underrated almost. He shot turn, uh, course record there at TPC Sawgrass. He was a hole away from beating Scotty Scheffler in the match play. It really hasn't been as poor as a lot of people are projecting. So I think DJ could be a, a good pick as well. Okay, Andy, I'm going to lump these two questions together for you here because they're both kind of similar. Lots of questions around Matthew Wolf, lots of questions around Bryson DeChambeau. It essentially boils down to do either of them have a shot this week? Bryson and who is the other one? Matthew Wolf. Those guys are matched up together as well. Um, You know, I would say if you're playing 150 lineups, I think it's worth taking a shot on at least one of them and maybe putting one of them in five to 10. Uh, if you're, you know, playing maybe 10 lineups or five lineups or a couple of single entries or, or maybe 20 lineups, I think there's risks at low ownership that I would prefer to take. I'd probably rather take a chance on like Louie than I would on, on one of those guys, especially if I, if I'm playing low, a uh, lower amount of lineups. Uh, but no, I mean, I think with Wolf, I think the Oklahoma thing gets gets exaggerated a bit. I mean, when I went on the the golf trip, it was almost two years ago now to Oklahoma and played Southern and played the course that Wolf practices at, which is Oak Tree National. It's like it's like New York to Philly. They're not close, and it's a really different golf course. And from everything I've heard from the members I've spoken to, it's not like these guys that live in Edmond, Oklahoma, and practice out of Oak Tree are heading over to Southern Hills every day. Um, so I, I, you know, I don't really see it with either of them, but I think if you are playing a ton of lineups and you want to take a chance on T 
two guys that were in the final pairing at a U.S. Open on a really hard golf course that was also redesigned by Gil Hans, then you could make that case. Uh, Bryson's swing looks pretty good. I'll tell you that. I don't, I mean, I'm sure he's super rusty and I don't know if it's a super great setup for him, but I'm, I'm impressed. He's swinging the golf club. He's back, baby. We'll see how it goes this week. Uh, we'll get to the more questions in just a second. So keep them, keep them coming. But see uh, on Monday, you know, we always ask you to do, uh, some of those first round leader punts, give us some options, baby. Now we've got tea times. Uh, we have more information about potential wind and weather and all the things that are going to make us real happy this week. Would you like to amend or at least reiterate your first round punts for this week? Yeah. So I gave out five on, on our DFS show on Monday, as you alluded to, uh, I'm going to give out four of the five and I'm going to change one of them. So nice. four of them, four, four of them fortunately had morning tea time. So that works out. Jordan Spieth at the time was 35 to one. It might be lower now, partly because of the wind wave, by the way. Um, Hideki Matsuyama was 40 to one when I gave it out on Monday. Um, I'm still fine with that, notwithstanding the injury. I certainly like him for round one more than I might like him for four rounds. If, if he has a potential, um, aggravation of an injury uh Zalatoris at 45 to one I like quite a bit and actually Patrick gave out one that, that I had on Monday as well which was uh, Alex Norn at 80 to one I'm changing Aaron Wise he was 110 to one I think it's fine if you want to play him but he's in the afternoon I think the conditions not only from a win standpoint but just obviously you know the early tea times you get the softer conditions there might even be some thunderstorms that thunderstorms that come in the night before to make it even um softer for for some of those morning players but i'm taking out aaron wise and i'm putting in tony fee now at 55 to 1 so it's jordan spieth at 35 decky at 40 zalatoris at 45 fee now at 55 and alex norn at 80 that almost ensures that aaron wise is our first round leader that you have sliced him out of that also you are a market mover sia because all of the ones that you gave out on monday are shorter now than they were on monday so pat yourself on the back my friend it's all me it's all obviously moving, all obviously moving markets. Um, let's jump into some of these nationality wagers. Always very fun. On I won't, I will not tell you who he picked, but Greg, uh, no, Greg, you can't do this one. Patrick, we'll come back to you, Greg. Patrick, right. top Canadian, Mark Immelman already picked one of these guys. There's only three options this week. Uh, Corey Connors minus 120, Adam Hadwin plus 225, Mackenzie Hughes plus 300. I, I couldn't let Greg have this one because we've got a conflict of interest with Adam Hadwin. <laughs> I'd like to hear uh, from you, Patrick. Yeah, I'll take Corey Connors. Uh, I'll, you know, bite into that juice. No, no problem. And I've heard some murmurs of maybe some Hadwin injury myself. A lot of his matchup lines have kind of shifted pretty good. That explains uh, it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that Greg, explains it. Greg, can you text him? <laughs> yeah, please. I mean, Greg, if you FaceTime could. him right now on the show. <laughs> oh, I, I wish I, I wish I even had his number. Actually, Greg, did you know you called me during my live show last week and I was going to answer it live, but I didn't know if, if you'd be up for that. Uh, hey, any time. I'm, I'm always ready for that. I'll start FaceTiming you instead, even Perfect. though I usually call you from the car. Uh, okay, I, that's not too dangerous, is it? Yeah, don't, don't do anything too dangerous. Uh, okay, so if uh, Hadwin might be, uh, who knows? So, so Corey Connors uh, over Adam Hadwin and Mackenzie Hughes for you, Patrick. Yeah, I'll take Connors. I know Hughes had a really good major season last year. Uh, Fifty-four hole leader there at Torrey looked good at op uh, the Open, but 
you know, I, I expect kind of a tee to green fest this week. And look, we've seen a lot of poor putters perform well in major championships before. So I'll gladly jump in at minus 120 for Corey Connors. All right. You heard it here first. Corey Connors to be top Canadian. How about this one, Greg? Uh, top Asian. Well, Hideki Matsuyama, as expected, heavy favorite here. Plus 135. However, we've kind of injected a little bit of doubt into Hideki this week, which opens up potentially a lot of value, including a guy you took in a three ball earlier. So uh, Hideki's plus 135 at Caesar. Siwoo Kim plus 600. KH Lee, 7 to 1. Honor Bon Lahiri, 9 to 1. Uh, is there value to be had here if we think that Hideki might not be right? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, look, Lahiri, Lahiri is so fascinating to me, not just because his recent form has been great. I think he's just way undervalued. Um, he's been driving the ball phenomenally. Uh, he's been His iron play really improved since the Players' Championship. Uh, he's done really well around the green, and um, and what for the last five events, he's gained strokes on the green. But Hideki is the real problem in this one. Um, and, and this is why I kind of stayed away from this, but I, I think there's a lot of value. If you think Hideki has an injury, yeah, I, I would go to Lahiri in a heartbeat. Um, and I, I think Hideki could still be a really, a, a fair play too, uh, at plus 135. I think that's a pretty good number. So I'd be between those two. And if you're really worried about the injury, which I'm, I'm not that worried about it, quite frankly. Um, but if you are really worried about it, then I think Lahiri is your play. Uh, and if you're not, then I, I love Hideki in this in this group. All right. Let's broaden our horizons here and just open this up, Andy, to the rest of the world. Uh, Cam Smith is the favorite. He's plus 550. Hideki Matsuyama plus 650. Joaquin Neiman plus 800. The only three golfers in this category sub 12 to 1, 14 to 1. Uh, Corey Connors, 14 to 1. Jason Day and Adam Scott are both 16 to 1. Louis Eustazen is 18 to 1. I'm not going to read them all. There's a lot of guys who who make up the rest of the world. But as Jacob scrolls through this, is there anything that uh, stands out to you? Adam Scott at 16 to 1 uh, is interesting to me. I mean, I, I haven't heard a lot of chatter around him this week. And, you know, he's had a bit of an up and down season. But one thing that I've noticed with Scott is, He's had the kind of spike performances that you like to see across a bunch of different categories, right? He's had a couple of weeks this year where he's hit his irons really well. He's had a couple of weeks where he's been great off the tee. He's actually had a couple of weeks where he's putted beautifully and his putting overall has improved this year, especially on bent grass. So, you know, it's that age old thing of can he put it all together in one week? We haven't really seen it yet, but I do kind of like the value on him at 16 to one. Although I will say, I really like Cam Smith this week. Uh, and if you're looking for ways to get more exposure down on Cam Smith, although I don't think he will be highly owned in, in DraftKings based on the guys that are around him, Cam Smith at the top, I try to stay away from from favorites in these markets. But I, I, I have the utmost respect for uh, for Cam in this category as well. Yeah, it is interesting and um, certainly a strategic way to get access to more guys or to, to one guy in more different ways. If you're high on somebody, there's a lot of markets, especially weeks like this, that are available. Uh, the final market here that we will chat through in terms of top nationality bets, let's go to South Korea here, Sia. And we've got Siwoo Kim as the 
Small favorite, plus 160 over KH Lee, plus 190. Then we get longer odds for Hyung Kim, Bio Kim, Y.E. Yang. Do you have any strong feelings about our top South Korean? Yeah, I'm going to go with Siwoo Kim here at plus 160. I actually, you know, it's not a super sexy number, but there's not a lot of guys he really needs to contend with. It's obviously, you know, KH Lee. I think Young Kim, to the extent we've seen him, both, uh, you know, in Europe or in, in Saudi Arabia and in uh, on the PGA Tour. he's He's been okay. The few spots we've seen him, including at the Byron Nelson, his approach game was excellent. Um, with that said, I think Siwoo Kim is the better player than than the, the final three guys. And I think to the earlier point made by Greg, I believe, uh, KH Lee, I just don't think is the golfer that Siwoo Kim is. So he's coming off the high of the win last week, but I think ultimately Siwoo Kim beats him out. And that's probably all he has to do here. All right, Siwoo Kim for Top South Korean. Gentlemen, this is the moment where we get to go on the record and Jacob gets to clip it and he gets to tweet it out on Sunday night to make us look like a fool because I want to find out uh, which star is most likely to miss the cut. And we'll see how frisky you guys are feeling here. So uh, Caesars has uh, the prop, obviously, to miss the cut. And the longest shots to miss the cut are obviously the best players. So for example, Scotty Scheffler and John Rahm are both four to one. Justin Thomas, three and a half to one. Patrick Cantlay, Rory McIlroy, 3.3 to one. And then you get Cam Smith, Jordan Spieth, Hideki Matsuyama, Xander Shoffley, all at plus 300 to miss the cut. Greg, how frisky would you like to be here? You could just say um, Webb Simpson at plus 110. That's not very frisky. How frisky no, it's not frisky. And I, I do like web. I, I do like that web play, uh, by the way. Um, I, I like uh, a, a Daniel Berger play. I, I'm a little on the fence with this one because and I have a really frisky one. But just the, the thing with Daniel one. Berger is he tends to struggle at some of the bigger golf courses. With the exception, it seems like Torrey Pines is the exception there. But he seems to most of his success comes on really short golf courses. I still don't know how they're going to set this place up. And I've seen, you know, the PGA Championship website has it at 7365 for its total distance. But there are so many reports, especially in the fantasy community, that it's over 7,500. And over 7,500 on a par 70 to me really worries me for a Daniel Berger. So he would be a guy. I'm uh, that that I'm looking for to miss the cut. And then um, the other one would be Rory McIlroy, which is shocking. And I don't really like going that way. Uh, But the reason is just is the pairing that he got. Um, There is going to be some serious action, serious uh, uh, commotion going on around that group. And I don't think that's been great for Rory in the past. You know, you think back to 2019 tour championship, Tiger and Rory in the final group. Rory was playing great to get into the final group. Shoots four over 74. That's as frisky as I would go. And, and it's really frisky because Rory's game is in very good shape. This is purely on the um, purely a play on the group that he has. You heard it here first. Greg hates Rory McIlroy this week and guarantees he will miss the cut. Jake, clip clip that part. Uh, all right, Rory McIlroy, McElroy plus three thirty. Uh, if he does indeed see uh, when you're looking over the board, and Jacob's showing it on uh, on YouTube right now. Is there one star more likely to miss the cut? 
So I'm kind of cheating with this answer. So I'll have a backup answer if you don't respect it. But I mean, Hideki Matsuyama at plus 300. I mean, we Practice. have this news. He's he is the uh, he is of the ilk that he's certainly going to give it a go. And if he does, and you know, aggravates his neck even more, then then he's gone. But if you're not willing to accept that answer, then that's fine. I'll go with Xander. Listen, I think Xander's fine mm-hmm. for this tournament. I also think Xander was really, really close to missing the cut last week at the Byron Nelson. And, and he's what he has one of those games where, you know, sometimes he shows up, you know, it's we're, we're almost like it's almost like infamous with him where, you know, you, do you get Xander right or do you get Xander wrong? I'm always in the I get Xander wrong camp, but I, I definitely think he has missed cut equity and I think he has top five equity, too. But um, it's the type of volatility we saw last week where he almost missed the cut uh, that uh, speaks to the plus 300 number that I kind of like. Andy, I'd like your Xander Shoffley thoughts, and I would also like uh, the golfer that you are feeling most frisky about to miss the cut. Well, I'd just like to go on the record and say I do not accept the 54-hole leader of Shinnecock slander and Daniel Berger. I do not accept the Rory slander, who is my pick to win. And of course, I do not expect the Xander slander either, uh, who birdied a casual like 25 out of the last 50 golf holes that he's played. Um, I think the answer to this question is probably Morikawa because he's the most likely of the stars to get to lose seven strokes putting. So if you're asking me who has the biggest potential to have a week where they put themselves out of the tournament of the elite players, to me, it's probably Morikawa. Okay, Patrick, put a bow on this for us, my friend. The star most likely to miss the cut. Yeah, I, I like the Morikawa call, actually. And, I mean, Victor Hovland, they're always paired up together. That's that's kind of the cop-out answer. But if we want to get frisky, Patrick Cantlay's performances in big events have not been good. And I know he probably has one of the higher floors of any guy on tour. But, I mean, I've been burned by him so much, so I'm definitely biased. But missed a cut at the Open Championship, missed a cut at the Players' Championship, and – I tend to like him on courses where kind of off the tee is very prevalent. And I, and I think, you know, driving is going to be important, but not, it's really a second shot golf course. And we've seen his irons kind of, they can be a bit volatile at times. Obviously he's in a great stretch of golf, but plus three thirty something that, you know, I, it kind of tickles me a little bit. Oh, okay. There you go. We'll make sure to clip all of those. And I'm sure someone will look very, very silly on Sunday evening. Uh, all right. Let's run through a couple more questions here in the comments and then we'll get out of town. Uh, this question from John is in regards to Gary Woodland asking about a sprinkle of Gary Woodland at 150 to one. I'll just toss this up. Is there a strong take on Gary Woodland this week or not? Not strong. No. <laughs> Medium? I think 150 is a good number on yeah. Gary. Yeah. I agree with that. Yeah. I agree. I agree with that too, Patrick. I've I've been hurt too many times before. <laughs> you know, I I will say this about Gary. Um, he does spend some time at Southern Hills. Um, I've heard that he's been there a couple of times in the last year. I think he's got some family in the area. So if you want to use the narrative angle there too, maybe, maybe there's something there. All right, let me dive deeper into this. Uh, other guys, so hold on, let me find Woodland here on Caesars. Uh, Woodland is, stand by, peeps. Okay, so he's 90 to 1 at Caesars right now, which is not 150 to 1. So, okay, here are the other guys at 90. So would you like Woodland or any of these other guys? 
Taylor Gooch, Patrick Reed, Abraham Answer, Jason Kokrak, Russell Henley. You got to pick one of those. Where are we going? I'm going Kokrak. I'm going the big Saudi too. The Kokrak taking two million bucks before he goes to the Saudi league. Okay, we got two votes for Jason. So I'm going to go with – I would have said Kokrak, but I think he's on the, quote, bad wave. So I'm actually going to mm-hmm. go with Gary Woodland, who's who's in the the calmer yeah. of the waves. Um, I like the – I mean, I still kind of like the number at 90. And by the way, his form has been really good. Other than the Wells Fargo, prior to that, the ball striking was great. Around the green was pretty good. Putter was erratic. Uh, the, the form's there. What do you think, Greg? I think I'd go Henley. Um, you know – you said it, Pat. It's a second shot golf course, and his iron play has been quite good. Um, maybe a little worried about his putting. Absolutely. Um, his short game has been good at times this year. I, I think I would lean uh, lead Henley. Russell Henley for Greg. This is a good way to cap this all off. Mike, Mike uh, in the chat does a great job. So just keeping it simple. Everybody's picked to win. That's it. Uh, I've... I'm on the record for Hideki this week, so obviously I'm playing plugging ears Wednesday. That's that's my uh, that's my strategy. Patrick, who do you think uh, wins it? Let's go Shane Lowry. I know he's in the bad wave, but I think if anyone can get through it, it's him. Lowry, Greg, Scheffler, Scheffler. Oh my God, could you imagine? Could you imagine yeah. what we we'll have to talk about on Sunday and Monday and Tuesday if Scotty Scheffler wins this thing? Yeah, I really think I I really think he can do it. Oh, I think he can too. See ya. Yeah. Michael Jordan Speeth. Oh, I was confused for there for a second. Jordan Speeth, a- Andy? Rory McElroy over Xander Shoffley in a playoff. Wow. <laughs> that would be some firepower. That would be fun. What's the what's the playoff? What's the PGA championship playoff format? Isn't it three holes? Three yeah, holes. Three holes. Hole. Is that is that uh, open championship? I think the open's four holes. PJ is I, definitely three aggregate. Okay, okay, that's three that aggregate. was my that was my initial thought, but I started to doubt myself. The Don't U.S. Open did they did they still do the Monday? No, they changed. Yeah, they changed it. it right. I think. Yeah, it, yeah. I uh, I want to say. It. Yeah, they uh, might be three aggregate too or something. Uh, Jacob even knows the holes for the PGA Championship. He says three-hole aggregate, 13, 17, and 18. That's pretty does any, does any Do any of you guys remember the last time that we had a playoff in a major? Uh, well, the first thing that popped into my head is Rose lost the playoff at Augusta, right, to Sergio? Sergio. Yeah, and That was 17. the first one that popped in my head, but there's, I feel like there's got to be one more recent than that. Maybe there's not. Gosh, I feel like there does have to be, but I'm drawn a blank too. Yeah. Oh, First one that came to my mind was Speed Slam in 15 with uh, yeah. Zach Johnson at the Open. Uh, right. Boy, yeah. 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 <clears throat> yeah. That was 15. I um, yeah. I think that's the most recent. Wow. All right. Sounds so we're due. due. I, feel, yeah. I feel better about <laughs> my back already. Are we due? <laughs> wow. I think that might be it. All right, I'll have to dive deeper into that, but that's that's pretty good. Any final thoughts before we get out of here? PGA Championship, uh, Wednesday, anything before we go? Nothing, gentlemen. It's been a pleasure Enjoy working with week. you, boys. Yeah. All right. Um, Rick, I've got something. Please. You, 
you were asking about the term dark horse. So the term <laughs> began as horse racing parlance for a racehorse that is unknown to gamblers and thus difficult to place betting odds on. The first known mention of the concept is in Benjamin Disraeli's novel, The Young Duke, back in 1831. There you have it. Uh, that is very good. Thank you. Here's a fun fact. There is a, uh, a numbering system based off of the word black horse, which is uh, black horse is a word where there are no repeat numbers. So there is an almost like an international numbering system where if you see B, that would be one, or I don't know if they start at zero. I think they start at one. L would be two, A would be three. They actually use it on Rawlings baseball gloves. So if you have a Rawlings baseball glove, you can open it up and see the date, the, the date it was manufactured because the black horse numbering system is on every single glove. It's a fun fact for you. The first cut, wow. ladies and gentlemen. Where else are you getting this type of knowledge? <laughs> Honestly. Honestly. Producer Jacob, thank you very much. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme available on Twitter at the real GFD. Sia Najad available at Sia Najad. Andy Lack at ADP Lack Sports. Patrick McDonald at amateur status. Do you prefer amateur or amateur? Uh, well, it, it's a running joke with me and my friends because I said amateur one time when we were talking about golf and they're like, what the heck did you just say? It's called amateur. And I was like, nah, it's a- amateur. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. I knew, I knew it had to be something. Uh, thank you for coming on. Much appreciated. Uh, you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been The First Cut. We'll catch you next time.